Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. Welcome back, Her Sports Story community. So to start, I have a couple of questions for you. As a former athlete, did you ever feel lost in the recruiting process? And now, are you struggling to find your coach or community or career out of sport? And do you sometimes wish that you could give back to the sport that gave you so much? Well, today on the podcast, we have Nicole Tabone. Nicole is a life coach for softball athletes. For those softball athletes looking to find the school that aligns with their values, to find the school that aligns with their desired athletics program. And she has put together just a phenomenal mastermind, actually, of these softball athletes that are getting ready to embark on the recruiting process and eventually their collegiate athletics experience. So during this conversation, we talk about her sports story, her program, and she is just so eloquent and everything is fluid and flowing. But she also speaks about some of the challenges uh, during her experience, both as an athlete and even in starting her business. So she is incredible and I can't wait for you to listen in to this podcast with Nicole. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today on the Her Sports Story podcast. I'm so glad that we connected. I don't necessarily recall like who messaged who, but we connected and just over a brief message, we had like a great conversation and it was like an exchange of 10 messages. So I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Bethany. This is an awesome platform. I think it's really, really important the work that you're doing because as athletes, we are in such a unique tribe and so many people can just relate to being athletes and we're just like a special breed of people. Oh yes. So, so much. And it feels so good like to connect with other former athletes for the most part, like 99% of the time, like I feel right at home when I'm talking with another like former athlete. So I cannot wait for you to kind of share with us your sports story. So give us a bit of an overview from, you know, maybe the time you started sports all the way up into your like college years. Definitely. So I started playing fast pitch softball at 10 years old. And back in that time, um, slow pitch was just kind of phasing out here in Minnesota. And as I continued to grow, the first challenge that I faced as a softball player was that at um, second year, 12U, I was put on the B team. And I was like really, really upset about it because all my friends were on the A team and I felt like super left out. Mm. 
So that summer, I just put in so much work. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to outwork everybody. That way, this won't happen next summer. Going into that next year, I actually made it on the A team. And from there, my confidence just really grew. Um, I went on the next season in the high school season to make the varsity team as a freshman. Wow. So I was a four-year starter um, at Bloomington Jefferson here. And in my junior year, we made school history and we went to the state tournament for the first time ever. And literally, it was the most thrilling, most exciting accomplishment that I had had up to that point in my life. Because mm -hmm. not only was it a huge team accomplishment, um, I was the captain of the team that year and also my senior year. And so it's just like, um, I would say being an athlete just really shaped who I was. It gave me so much confidence. Um, I learned so much about leadership and being part of the community. I think one of the big things that I learned too is about loyalty, about repping your team, about um, sticking to the program and never giving up. That is my big takeaways um, throughout my high school career. Then I, at the end of my high school career, literally in May of um, my senior year, I decided to go to the University of Illinois. It took me a very long time uh, to find the right school for me. And then I began my journey. I played all four years for the University of Illinois. I was a catcher there. And it was just a huge transition for me. Um, I went from being the best of the best in the state of Minnesota to then going to the University of Illinois and playing with everybody who was the best of the best from their travel yes. ball teams <laughs> and their states and hometowns. And so it was a huge learning curve for me. And a lot of my career was adapting to that change. It was adapting um, my role. I began my first two seasons as like a bullpen catcher, which is essentially mm -hmm. just the person that's catching for the pitchers and helping people grow within the program. Then in my junior and senior year at University of Illinois, um, I transitioned more into being the first person off the bench. So mm. uh, my role was a pinch hitter or a designated hitter. So in big moments during the game, I would be called upon to switch out with the teammate that was struggling with their hitting in that instance. And I was expected to produce for the team to bring in the runs. Um, and I would just say like the highlight of my senior season was um, it was on senior night. And one of the things I am super big on visualization. So as athletes, I think that's the really, really powerful tool that we use is seeing film and setting goals. So my goal just at the beginning of my college career was I want to make it all the way to senior night because my freshman year, one of the uh, seniors had told me it's really special that you came in with a class of nine and not everybody's going to make it till the end. Wow. So, yeah. And so I was like, the goal is to make it to senior night, to make it all the way. So when it came to senior night, I was like, I mentioned in my role of pinch hitting and we had a double header on um, senior day. 
And in the first game I didn't play and I was like, oh my God, is my coach not going to play me on senior night? Like what? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, just be patient. Your time is coming. Don't worry. Like just trust the process. And so in the second game, um, I think it was probably in the fifth inning and there's seven innings. So she really made me sweat it out. <laughs> she gave me that. And I just remember I was standing in the dugout cheering my team on and our coach stands at third base. And I remember her calling time, making eye contact with me and saying, Nick, it's your turn. And in that moment, I just, something ignited in me. It was like the world stopped and I was just in like energy flow. Mm, yeah. And it was like, so, um, earth like shattering I would say mm -hmm. so I go I grab my helmet I can just imagine how I was putting on my batting gloves I grabbed my bat I stepped up took a couple practice swings and then I just remember stepping into the box and thinking this is your moment this is your memory mm -hmm. make it happen and I stepped into the box and I remember the first swing I took a huge hack a yeah. huge hack and I tore <laughs> like miss completely and I remember like my teammates in the dugout just like hyping me up like mm -hmm. you, got it, Nick, you got it who cares like you got this mm -hmm. and then I was like okay it's okay relax and just do what you do don't don't overdo it so I step back into the box next pitch boom dinger over the left field fence uh. and I I have so many picture memories of just everybody flooding out of the dugout and like sprinting and it was just the cherry on top it was the way to go out for me um oh my goodness especially just being a role player and I, yeah. I think a lot of people can really connect with that because it's it's a journey in itself being a part of a team and then having your role change and just accepting that role mm, so much yeah uh, well, first off, I'm like sitting over here, I'm like getting chills. <laughs> I like any, obviously any sports story. I'm just, I am that person that feels all the feels, gets the chills. I'm like, I like cry during the Olympics. It's all great. Uh, but no. <laughs> I cannot even imagine how much energy, love and passion commitment it would take to be an Olympian. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we both get it. We're on the same page. But you said something really amazing in there about accepting various roles on the team. Like, whether for that day you are bullpen or you are the best, like, cheerleader teammate you could possibly be if you're not playing. And in retrospect, like, looking back at my experience, oh, I wish I would have been more... Uh, open to show up for the opportunity no matter what role I was put in so I love that you speak to that so much well I like I've painted you've painted this picture in my head about your sports story and moving like all the way through college and like ending on such like an amazing note so was that was senior game kind of was that your last let's say like home game or like did that just like tie the bow 
on your experience completely. That was the last home game that we had. So it was like my farewell. Yeah. And after that, the cherry, cherry, cherry on top of all that was that we made it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in uh, my career. Oh and my I was gosh. literally like, this is the dream. We're trying to go to the World Series and you get to actually experience that because that's what you work for your mm-hmm. whole career. So it was wow. amazing. We got to go to regionals at um, Kentucky and it was just amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And like this, this is a type of softball that I watch on TV, <laughs> you know, like, so my, my sports kind of involvement, I work at a university in like the collegiate athletic setting, but there's something just like so special about watching like NCAA regional, NCAA nationals, like championship. It's, it's a big deal. Like as I would say, like any former collegiate athlete, like you ask them about that. I cry during the NCAA, like gymnastics championships too. It's like, it is emotional because we know like the work that was put in and like what you have to step up to in that moment. Uh, so, so amazing. It's so interesting to me. I was actually meeting with um, a girl from my university mm-hmm. and she's now she just finished her freshman year and so she was telling me her sports story mm-hmm. and me about how her transition went and then she was talking about how my team the University of Illinois got a at-large bid into the tournament this year mm-hmm. and I was like I know I was so hyped about it wow. and she told me that the freshmen didn't want to go and that they were like not happy and they just wanted to go home and I think I was really upset when she told me that. And I kind of went on a rant on her. Yeah, and the, oh, wow. But in retrospect, like I think about how I felt at the end of my freshman season as an athlete. And I can really attest, like, I think I would have felt the same way had we made it into the tournament uh, my freshman year because you're just like so emotionally drained more than anything your freshman year. Um, You don't know what you're really getting into as a high school athlete and your first go around, everything is just new, 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 new coaching style, new location, new friends, new academic standard, and just really tough. I think you could probably like speak more to that, especially in your role as an academic. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. In the role that I have now, like I am definitely involved with onboarding our new student athletes and pairing them with like a mentor for their first semester in transition. And it's, yeah, it is everything all at once. I always kind of tell them like, it's a grind and like it, it tests you in every, every space academically, emotionally, physically, like you are giving it your all. And I have in one of my like presentations I do with them, I have like one of the memes where the little girl is just like, I'm going to take a nap right here. And she's like, already <laughs> on like the ground, I'm like this, this is it guys. <laughs> <laughs> Expect to want to take a nap all of the time. Um, yeah. But it, it really does. And just looking back at at my first year, like collegiate experience, I was very much emotionally drained because I was 
injured that first year, like didn't get to practice really. Like it was a first and unfortunately it was my first like major injury that took me out of my sport for multiple months. And, and in this case, like all of, all of season. So I think it was like five to six months. So yeah, you are so right in that, that you're just like, you're over, you're drained in all aspects. And then as athletes, I think, although, you know, we, we hear and we say that failure is good. We have like this fear of failure and disappointment, you know, like to make it to a stage and at that level, and then be like, I don't know how I'm going to perform at said level. I think we at, especially at 18 are like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Um, so that's interesting. I think for me, being a softball player and we play game of failure. Yes. So like an, an exceptional softball player um, at the division one level can bat 400 in a season. So four out of 10 times they get a hit. That means 60% of the time they're still failing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I would say it took me until I was really in my third year of playing 16 U. So like mm-hmm. I was 17 years old when I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? It's really okay to not get a hit as long as I am taking the right approach to my event. Mm. Am I doing the things that I was trained to do? Am I making sure that I am being disciplined at the plate? Am I making sure that when I make contact, I'm giving it my all and I'm giving quality at bats? Am mm. I making sure that I'm being the pitcher in, our, in my approach and my strategy in the at bat? Those are the things that um, it really took then and at the collegiate level to change my perspective And it it happened in the first season. So I think that that's what then led me to transitioning from the, um, the bench role to actually having a role my junior and senior year. It was all about the mindset and the way I was approaching it. And I think it's really challenging for the coaches and, um, to coach you in the mindset mm-hmm. because they're so focused on the mechanics and making sure the team dynamic is right. And there's like so many different variables and personalities that they're navigating mm-hmm. um, that it's at the collegiate level, it takes you to be coaching yourself and to work through your mental struggles and your limited beliefs yeah. um, to be able to then compete once it comes to game time. Uh. Like sitting here, I'm like, I wish I had you like when I was <laughs> a freshman in college because these are the things that aren't always explained, right? That you are now an, an adult, right? I put like air quotes around that because like you just are, are still learning, but taking ownership and accountability of whatever is going on in your life, like you said limiting beliefs, the, the mental game, whatever that looks like. And, you know, I would say for the most part, there are resources and I'm like now more than ever, there are so many resources out there to help in those spaces. So it's like reflecting on my experience. Oh, I could have shown up in that way or been like, 
I'm going to take responsibility for this. And I like did, I would go see a sports psychologist and uh, kind of attempt to work through certain things. But yeah, it's such a good part to mention for like the up and coming athlete. Yes. Um, actually that you talk about sports psychology, I think that's really, really important. Um, I think in the athlete community, there's just not enough conversation about the mental struggle and let alone the mental struggle as a female athlete specifically, because Mm -hmm. we are so, um, we're supposed to have this strong armor. Like I'm a female athlete. I'm super strong. Like I can do it all because that's what sports has taught me. I just think it's really important to say like that I did go see a sports psychologist throughout my four years at the university mm-hmm. and I still see one now after sports. Mm. And the reason I do is because after I was done playing sports, I cut softball out cold turkey. Mm. I literally was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like having softball be a part of my life, it was just... It was everything and then it turned into nothing yeah and I started my career and I was like well this is now the future and it was really really interesting to me I actually got a phone call 18 months after I had graduated from one of my um, coaches when I was traveling uh, playing travel softball and he asked me if I would like to come back to Minnesota and to coach Mm -hmm. and it was in that moment that I decided the game is calling me back and it's calling me back for a reason. Uh, And I moved, I was in Champaign at the time. I broke up with my boyfriend. I quit my job and I went back to Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? This is my passion. This is what I love. Um, I would really say at that point was when I realized that my role as a coach was so much more than just being a role model. I think being a leader and I was a catcher. So catcher is the person that has the vision of the whole field Mm -hmm. and is the person that's really communicating with everyone. Um, It was in that moment, returning to Minnesota and starting to coach again, that I realized these girls need more than just someone to physically look up to. They need somebody who is sharing their story and sharing Mm -hmm. their experience and their knowledge about what it was like because that's the competitive advantage that we all have compared to other people that are in our sport and i would love to see so many more athletes that used to play at the highest Mm -hmm. level coaching Mm. and i know this is a little controversial to say Mm -hmm. but if it's a female sport i really think a former athlete should be coaching that Mm. team Because you have this whole other level of understanding and empathy for what everybody is going through. Too Mm -hmm. often, I see coaches treating us just like players instead of realizing that we are people first before we are players. Right. Oh, so, so much. Yeah, I, you know, just in you kind of explaining that, I was thinking, like, for... For those that I know, for the most part, there is either a former athlete associated with the program or at the coaching level. But even if like you had this like core group of alum from your program and 
the current athletes could reach out or like tap into like, Hey, can we talk about this? Like experience or this is what I'm going through. Did you experience that? And again, like us sharing our stories, hence, hence this podcast and platform too. <laughs> sharing. Which is amazing by the way. Like <laughs> this is exactly what we need to be doing. It's 2019. Right. Like people exactly. need to be sharing their stories. Yes. And so that, you know, I always, I always used to think about that in my time, because I, I definitely struggled through a good chunk of it, but I'm like, what would have helped? And I always thought, like, if I had, like, a, a mentor that I could go to and be like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, is that, like, okay? Because I had a very, like, love-hate relationship with my sport. So, like, there were times where, like, I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted it to be done. I wanted to walk away. Uh, and I just wish I would have had like that, almost like that big sister, right? That was able to understand and had been to the higher level and, un and knew exactly where I was and then lend, you know, insight. So on all fronts and um, like more former athletes and female athletes should be coaches or at least be like, like offered to tie there or as far as like be available to share their story with current athletes i think that would be so helpful for Most us definitely that's actually a really great idea like the alumni that was in the program because it's another thing when you are competing mm -hmm. yeah you have your teammates and let's say we had a team of 20 and you can confide in like an older person, but yeah. at the same time, you know that whatever you do share could mm -hmm. potentially end up in the gun yeah. circle um, that is what it's like being a part of a group of 20 girls. It's, it's just the reality of it. People yeah. talk. And um, I think that was, that leads into like what it was like when I was in college. Mm -hmm. My first two years, I lived with softball players. And then moving into my um, junior and senior year, I actually decided to live with people that weren't um, athletes. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that was to literally help my mental space, like unplug from softball, yeah, unplug from my sport, because I similarly went through mm -hmm. this love hate relationship with my sport because mm -hmm. it's like all day all the time and your brain is and your body is literally just like i can only take so much softball mm -hmm. i can only take so much of my sport you need to be like a well-rounded human being right um and be able to talk about other things than just sport. <laughs> as much as we love it like, <laughs> no it's so so true and i kind of want to circle back on this like when you finished your sport and you said you cut softball out. Like you, you're like, okay, we're done. Was that a part of like your process? Cause I, I think like some athletes when they get done with their sport, some of them like coach and they still kind of like dabble, you know, like in the space. And then others are like, nope, like I have to cut you out. And it, it's weird. It's like breaking up with someone, right? You're like, can't, some can like check in, keep tabs. <laughs> And then other like, I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> so how did that look for you? Okay. So literally we, uh, we finished at regionals. 
um, we were in Kentucky. I drove mm-hmm. home with my dad. Um, my dad was like my biggest supporter mm-hmm. in everything in life, but especially in softball. Um, he was your stereotypical softball dad, like coaching me up. I would play catcher. He would sit right behind home plate and literally <laughs> like we, we speak Spanish. So he would yeah. talk to me in Spanish throughout the game so that nobody knew what we were talking about. But he's like, remember the patterns? Like, oh, yeah. what happened? That's because. And um, so we drove back with my dad and it was probably like a good 15 hour drive back to Minnesota. Um, And it gave us that time to just like reflect on what my career was um, and just kind of like pay like respect to it. mm -hmm. Um, Then we got home and I literally went to Europe for three weeks. Mm -hmm. That was my graduation present with my dad. We just went like literally rented out a car um, and just drove from country to country, city to city. And during that trip, it was literally so heartbreaking for me to have that time to really reflect and think, wow, this thing that I just dedicated my, the first um, 22 years of my life, mm-hmm. it's now never going to be the same. Yeah it's never going to be the same because there's going to be no more game days. There's not going to be any more um, team get togethers. There's not going to be any more travel trips. And I think more than anything, when I look back, I think that's what I miss the most is putting on the Jersey and saying like having that identity of like, I am a college student athlete. I represent the university of Illinois. Mm And I miss the constant joy that softball would bring me daily. Mm. I think one of the thing at the collegiate level is that you are dedicated to this all the time. Even on off days, you still are working on getting better. And so I think that was definitely the most challenging thing. And then moving into my first position, I was in a leadership role as a general manager. Mm -hmm. And I went through a whole new learning curve because you go from being at this extreme elite top of the top cream of the crop level to now I went into an eight week training program. Mm-hmm. And it's like you start now back at square one. Yeah. Cause this is now something, uh, no offense, uh, to any, anybody who has probably told you this, but mm-hmm. people in the corporate world, in the business world, don't really value being an athlete mm-hmm. unless you're in the sports industry. Mm. If you're doing something on like the corporate scale, unless the person hiring you is somebody who was an athlete, Mm-hmm. They don't understand it. They don't have that empathy for what you just went through. So they're like, oh, you you were at the field most of the time. You spent like 40 to 60 hours a week traveling and training instead of like studying. Yeah. And it's like, no, on top of studying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I think that was a really hard pill to swallow is like all this pride and joy that I had through my sport. And then to start again and just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And I think that's such a hard transition because we were, you know, sometimes told like, oh, you're an athlete, you're marketable, you are competitive, you have drive, you're going to be hired. Like, you know, and so we kind of had this picture painted 
And then we get to that side and you're right. Like I had my first interview and I was like interviewing, I was telling you I was a competitive gymnast and trained anywhere from like 25 to 30 plus like hours a week. And, you know, giving the whole like athlete, I would say spiel of like how it transitions over, which is all like very much great. And it is extremely useful. But I was on this call or this interview and the guy was like, wait, wait, wait you're meaning to tell me you haven't done one job. And I was like, well, I've been a gymnast since like age six. I worked my whole life. And he's like, do me a favor. He's like, go get a job, literally any job. And like we ended the call and I was like, oh my gosh. Like talk about starting from the bottom again, right? So I'm, I'm pretty sure I went and worked at Abercrombie for like two weeks and that was like, the first start of my professional development and it was a series of led you know after that as far as like I had multiple internships and jobs until I finally landed in the sports realm like I would I worked in college athletics that's kind of where I started my career in fundraising so that is such a hard journey and I can totally attest to you know unless you're in the sports environment or, I mean, even the interview that I had was in a, was in a sports environment and it was sales. So I was like, it, it's so funny. And that's why I think that us like looking back and, you know, trying to provide advice for those up and coming is like, just have little experiences like that. Like we know your sports schedule is like max, like we don't go work usually during the summer, like nothing extensive, but like any piece of experience or shadowing or learning to like kind of I don't want to say like network because it's not like you're looking for a job always but just like start building your relationships with people that you know can understand like another former athlete in an industry see like connect there and and start kind of expanding your perspective and picking up all of these little experiences no matter what that looks like uh, so that that transition is a little easier because like for me new it was pretty like whoa <laughs> like wait a minute I thought this was gonna go a little bit differently yes and for me I was like when it came to time to like find an internship mm -hmm. it was so challenging because I didn't have any job experience yep. mm -hmm. um, and my approach was the incorrect one mm -hmm. I was looking um, to find an internship in Champaign mm -hmm. when I knew I was going to Minnesota for the summer because I needed to like unplug from yeah. the environment yeah. and like just like do me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I go home uh, or I come home, I think mm -hmm. it was my freshman, sophomore and junior year, you know, you're trying to find yeah. either summer work or a summer internship depending on your needs because especially as a, I think that's the other part that people don't talk about, there is tremendous need when you're an athlete because so many girls do not get full ride scholarships. Yeah. And if your family is not in a um, economic position to support you, like in a grand way, like of course you have to pay for housing, you have to like be able to dress mm -hmm. yourself, all these like expenses, the university isn't covering that, the athletic department is not covering that for you. So yeah. you need to find a way to make it work. So the way I found how to make it work 
was first my, the summer coming back from my freshman year, I was actually a nanny mm -hmm. and a tenure softball coach. So I would nanny during the day, softball coach at night. And that was my first summer. My second internship was yeah. <laughs> air quotes for people right. that are listening to the podcast <laughs> was coming back and coaching a 16U uh, softball team full year. And then starting my first, um, own business for softball, mm. giving individual lessons. I came back my junior year and did the same internship and like started building my own business. And that's kind of now that I have graduated, it really put in perspective why I am a softball life coach. It's because that's what my internship is. That's where my elite wow. level of expertise is. That is why it's just my passion and it's what I know really well. And I know it in so many different ways. I know it as the player. I know it as the coach. I know it as the one-on-one -on -one, um, private instructor. I know it as the high schooler that has the drive that wants to go, but doesn't have the support. I know it as the person that has the pressure of like, oh my God, I need, an, I need a scholarship and you need the monetary um, support from this university to live out my dream. And so that's just where my empathy comes for the student athletes and why I started softball students. I just started it um, essentially just because of the need, the yeah. call to serve. Um, as I mentioned, I moved back to Minnesota and it's been now two years that I've been back and I have just been continuing to serve the Minnesota softball community here. And the number one thing that I get told, no matter what field I go to, no matter what dome I'm at training, the girls always ask me, coach, how do I, how do I get recruited? Like what, what does it take to be attracted to mm -hmm. uh, like the coach to get their eyes on me? And I used to like give like little short responses and I realized it just never was felt like enough yeah. because as you know, it, it's a whole journey. The beginning of this podcast, I gave like a really brief version and only gave you really the highlights of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't tell you <laughs> all the times that I was crying mm -hmm. because I got injured my sophomore year and I thought the world was going to end because my softball, which was my identity at that time, was taken away from me. Mm -hmm. So when I think... Um, about starting softball students. When I was had this idea, I said, you know what? It's time that the light gets shifted. So instead of only focusing on the athlete as a player, it's time to focus on the athlete as a person. Mm -hmm. It has to be that way because at that age, when you're 14, 15, 16, even I would say up until you're 22, you're really in your developmental years. You're in the place and time where you're starting to make decisions for yourself. You're starting to decide um, what are the things I like? What are the things I can accept? What are things that I'm like, I'm not about this. And it's really easy, especially at the high school age, to be influenced by your peers, to be influenced by your friends. And you kind of lose sight of where are your roots? Where are the values that your parents instilled in you? And I think you can still manage to get by your 
in high school because your parents are still there and you're seeing them constantly. And I think that's one of the big reasons that when you go to college for the first time, so many people literally struggle. They talk about the freshman 15. That's emotional eating. Yeah. It's literally people don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know how to handle all this pain that they're experiencing because they don't have their parents nearby or don't feel comfortable admitting, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, yep. you don't see me, but we're talking on the phone. You don't know, like, I, I don't feel comfortable, like, showing this um, struggle that I'm in. And so that's how softball students really, the backstory on how I started building this. Wow. When I started building it, I was, I had no idea where to start, you guys. I had the idea, but um, I studied international business at the University of Illinois. So mm -hmm. I had like some ideas and I knew how to use Google and like figure out a business plan. And yeah. I thought I was rocking and rolling, but I really thought at the beginning, um, I would continue to be coaching in person because I love that. And then it really hit me um, in February of this year. I was like, I want to impact 400 girls in 2019. That's been my goal since the beginning of the year to help them in their softball journey. And when I'm coaching in person, I get to impact usually 10 to 20 girls. So I'm like, that's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough to, to spread the message, to spread the good word, to be able to um, have people and especially their parents understand what they're really getting into. I think that's another big part that people yeah. just don't understand. I asked my dad um, in retrospect, like, what do you think about our college recruiting experience? What do you think about how we did it, how we got to the University of Illinois? And he said, we were just doing the best that we could with the knowledge that we had. We didn't know what we didn't know. And I think that that's like the big key on why I'm launching um, this business and um, I'm starting in my hometown. I like to think of myself as a hometown hero. Um, <laughs> and so I am going to different tournaments, presenting myself. I just launched my um, Instagram page on Sunday, and I am literally so excited. My goal um, by the end of the summer is to launch a softball students mastermind. So for those of you who don't know what a mastermind is, because I know when you're like younger, you probably don't know what that is. A mastermind is a group of girls that come together and we talk about what our experience was like. We talk about what it takes to get to the next level. Um, the program is essentially a recruiting roadmap. So I talk about the first quarter of the course. So it's a year long course. The first quarter of the course talks about your values and what you believe your strengths are and how to identify them and use them to set goals. The second quarter of the course then goes into explaining what you need to do in preparation, um, like educationally. So like what, what are your educational needs? What are your criteria for a university? What are the things that you're looking to attract? You gotta make those decisions before you even start talking to a coach because otherwise you're gonna end up at the wrong school and then you're gonna be transferring and it's gonna be a whole mess. Yep. It really is going to be a mess. And I can tell you from experience because after my freshman year, I was in the AD office about to sign the papers to transfer and I couldn't do it. My heart told me I cannot leave because I cannot quit. I cannot mm -hmm. give up on this dream. 
there's no guarantees that if I leave, I'll find another university that is going to accept me at the division one level. I need to stay and I need to fight for this dream and I need mm -hmm. to change my approach. So then the, the third quarter of the course, um, then goes into uh, talking about how to attract universities. What is our approach going to be, um, to make sure that your decision is based off your values mm -hmm. and then your educational needs and then your softball needs on top of that. Um, and how to make sure that the program that you're choosing, you're taking a look at everything. You're taking a look at what um, coaching staff is, is currently there. You're taking a look at what girls are currently on the team. You're also defining what role do you want to have in your college career. If you're a person that wants to play every game and be a starter all four years, if you go to a big school, that's going to be a big challenge. Mm -hmm. You might want to consider going to a division three school, a private school, mm -hmm. and then doing that. Cause if you go to a big division one school and let's say you ride the bench, like I did my freshman year, you're going to be really unfulfilled. Yep. And that's what, that's how I felt. And that's why I was considering leaving. And then the last part of the course is the execution. It's the execution on the plan that we've developed throughout the year. It's then that'll come out through the summertime when you're going to your exposure tournaments, when you're going to the camps and literally performing in front of the coaches to earn those scholarships. In that part of the uh, course, it's really important. I talk a lot about the negotiations. It talks about um, how to approach that, what role your parents should play in that, and what role as a student athlete you need to be playing in that too. Because yeah. honestly, I let my dad do all the negotiating. And my voice was really lost. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't get to voice my opinion. I, it was like, I got a call. I literally remember I was in econ class, in AP econ senior year. And like I mentioned, it was like late April, early May. And I got the call from my dad and he's like, Nicole, I just got the call from coach. You're in, you're in at the university. You're going to be assigned to the university of Illinois. And it's like, my dad was my agent, mm -hmm. it's literally that. And so it's, it really came down to like, there's, you just ran out of time. There's just no, no other place. This is the path that was created for you and we're going to run with it. So I am so excited to launch it. It's been something that I've been working on. I actually, um, I had been working on it the first uh, three months of the year um, part-time, just like after work on the weekends. And then I actually resigned from my full-time position in April so that I could focus all my energy and time and resources into creating softball students. And it's just been, it's been a journey of highs and lows and just like emotionally actually really therapeutic for me because it's, it's sharing my story and sharing it with confidence and being vulnerable in sharing the things that weren't so good about my journey and making sure that I'm shining a light of like, Hey, I made this mistake. I want to make sure you don't make the same mistake because mm -hmm. that's the only way that our sports are going to continue to grow. Now my, my program is softball specific at this point. Um, but in the future, I think it would be really awesome to get like partnerships with different sports because every experience is so unique yep. and is so tailored uh, to what sport you played. Yeah. Uh, well, I am just like, I'm so happy that you have started this because I think that there's 
such a need. There's such a need for this. And like you going through and the way you broke down your mastermind and programming, it's, it is very seamless. Like everything is fluid about that and flows. And even you speaking about it and sharing your story in the midst of explaining your program is like <laughs> just beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> I am so glad that, you know, you followed your heart on this and look what has come from it. Can I also share with the listeners that, um, yes, it, I've now gotten to the point that it is seamless and that yeah. I know what my program is going to look like, but mm -hmm. it was a very um, scary, I guess, experience, I would say, and mm -hmm. nerve wracking. And I actually didn't tell anybody online that I was doing this until literally last week. Um, so the first six months, only my mm -hmm. friends and family knew. And... Um, I would just say that the big game changer for me was learning to ask for help. Um, I think as athletes, we really struggle with this because we want to be so self-sufficient. We think that we can learn on our own, but if we want to go faster and we want to go further, asking for help is huge. The first thing that I learned is that um, I need a business mentor. I need to find someone that I can role model. So the first person that I found was Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm. So if you guys don't know who Marie is, she is a phenomenal businesswoman. I believe she's a billionaire. Uh, she has a program called <laughs> Marie Forleo's Business School. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an online program that launches every February. And in the program, it's six modules. And she was the one that really taught me what is it going to take to get you focused and narrowed in on your business plan, on what's going to be profitable, how you're going to market it, how you're going to communicate it so that you can really make an impact. Um, I really thought after taking that course, I was like, Ooh, I'm in, I got the momentum. But then I was like, okay, I'm, I never really studied like sales and marketing. So let me like look for another course. And the timing was just wonderful. Um, Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi, other online mentors in the life coaching space, they launched a course called the Knowledge Business Blueprint. So KBB. And I signed up for the course. And that course has literally changed the trajectory of my business. Um, that course changed my mindset on the impact that I'm going to be making. And it changed the way that I sell. So, so many people when it comes to selling, and this can relate to you as a student athlete, when you're going to a, a college coach or you're doing your internship interview or post you're doing your corporate job interview. So from this course, what I learned is that when you're selling people listen for enthusiasm, Enthusiasm. People listen to you and they feel your energy more than the words that you're saying. Mm -hmm. The other thing, you, you need to be confident in what you're saying. Because if you're shy, if, if I'm talking like this, Bethany, and I, I'm like, you guys should come to my mastermind. <laughs> you think anybody's going to want to come to your mastermind? <laughs> like, no, you got to be selling first yourself daily. You got to be telling yourself, you know what? I'm the best. I am the best. There's nobody better than me because that's the way the brain works. What you feed it, what you tell it is what it believes. You don't have to necessarily actually have it. I think that's the biggest breakthrough too that I have is that 
even if something doesn't actually physically exist, with visualization and with training your brain, you bring it to life. And everybody listening to this podcast can literally do this because you are an athlete and I know that you have been trained on how to visualize and you take what you learned at practice and then you make it happen in the game. It's the same thing when you're selling, when you're marketing, when you're interviewing for a position, when you're asking the coach to be a part of their team. It's that. It's you being so confident in yourself, so sure of who you are, what you're about, what your values are, and then communicating that to people because then they will listen. They will have trust with you. They will build a relationship with you and then they're going to want to buy from you. Yeah. Oh, all so good. And thank you for speaking to that part of the journey too, because it is challenging, especially you working a full-time role and like knowing you wanted to start this on the side and seeking mentors. Like that's the best part of like after sport is you get to choose who's on your team. So Marie Folio is on your team. Tony Robbins is on your team, <laughs> you know, that are helping you like create the world that that you want to live in. And I love, love, love speaking about visualization, you know, and of course what we were doing when we were visualizing and, you know, tapping into the feelings. How's it going to feel when I perform well? It's the same thing. And it's tra it translates to manifestation and creating the life that you want beyond sport. So it, it all kind of comes together in a way, you know, when we get however many years out of our sport, we're like, oh, I can pull this through. Like, let me pull the visualization through. Let me pull like being a part of a team through. Let me pull being coached, being coached. And you get to choose your coaches who, you know, helps you create what you now have. And like anything in life, their struggle, it's hard. Like, it's not just one day you're like, oh, I, I have a business now, like, so cool. I mean, yeah, the decision to like in your head, but it's like anything, it's a process, like our sport. Like we didn't become amazing at our sport after a day, a year, five years, like it is a process. So I just absolutely love everything that you shared because it is so relatable, especially to me, like right now, even where I am in my life, like those are also the pieces that former athletes even like you know anywhere from five to ten years out still like need to hear so i just i i'm over here i'm like this is going to be so great because i'm visualizing for you <laughs> like what happens is i like hear all these stories and get to talk to incredible women and i sit here and i like envision your future <laughs> so Oh my God, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Oh, right it now? looks so Just great. And it's such a, a good, honestly, like I want to say niche, that might be the, the overused term, but to be a softball life coach, like you are marrying two, two, for the most part, pretty like different avenues, right? But marrying the two and bringing your experiences in and you know, it's not coming, it's coming from a coaching, but a mentor and someone that's been there before all wrapped together and it's going to work. It's going to be phenomenal. So I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you, whether that's Instagram, your website, 
all of that so we can be sure to connect. Yes, thank you. So guess what, you guys? If you are not in Minnesota, you're gonna need to wait just a little bit longer than the girls that I'm coaching in person right now. Um, we're creating an online membership um, program so that everybody can have access to this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have um, a life coach within a, your sport specific, feel free to join my community. Like I mentioned, the goal long-term down the road would be to have somebody leading a chapter, a program with each sport. Um, but until that happens, feel free to join the softball students community, no matter what sport you're in. You can find me at, um, on Instagram at coach Nicole 10. That's, um, and then softball students, um, on Instagram also. So at softball students and we'll be launching in August. So I'm super duper excited about it. And you should really be a part of this because it's the first of its kind. Um, one of the things that I found more challenging coming out of college is that I didn't have that athlete community. I felt like so alone. I felt like I was lost because now I was navigating a new industry, a new field. So this is for the people that are really at the beginning of their journey and coming back and mentoring. So I'm also looking for bus uh, business mentors or mm -hmm. people that are willing to share their story. Um, the way the program works is the fourth week in the program. Um, I'll have a guest speaker come and um, share their story um, to my group. So if you are interested in being um, a mentor and sharing your sports story, I would love to be in contact with you please email me at softballstudentsmastermind at gmail.com. And that'll be the best way for us to connect. Um, this will be something that will come about in the last quarter of the year. So in September, all the way through December and into the next year. So I would love for you to join me. And I know there's so many former athletes here that would love to share their story at a continued um, mm -hmm. platform. Yeah. Oh, it, it's tying in so beautifully <laughs> to, to <laughs> us connecting and us hopping on this podcast and sharing your story. So thank you so much. And before we kind of wrap up, I have one more question that we traditionally ask at the end of each Her Sports Story podcast. And that is if you were able to share insights with athletes that had just like left their sport and are in that place of feeling lost, not knowing where to go, struggling, like even, even if they have a job or have gotten their new job, they're still like, what? Like still going through the motions with that. So what strategies, what advice would you give them? The number one advice that I would give former athletes that are transitioning out of their sport I would recommend you start journaling. Journaling every single day. The way that the brain works is super interesting. You have your active thoughts and you have your subconscious thoughts. So many of the emotions that you're feeling, your body is experiencing them in your subconscious mind. So by waking up, I like to call my practice rise and reflection. So I take my journal and I start writing and I write all my free flowing thoughts. 
It usually goes for about an hour, but you can start as easy as like five minutes a day and just start writing. Or if you like, you can type it on your computer. Mm -hmm. And then what that does is it starts to help you instead of feeling it. Now you're seeing it from a logical perspective. When you see it on the page, you're like, that's how I'm feeling. What? I don't know what. Um, and if journaling, um, it takes time. It's just like everything that we've been discussing. It takes time and you'll get more comfortable and you'll be able to write more, but it also helps with that manifestation of like, what do, am I really looking for? What am I trying to create with the next chapter of my life? If you like talking, I also recommend um, signing up and seeing a therapist. It's, you're essentially going through a grieving process. You're closing a chapter in your life. One of the best things that my grandma taught me from a very young age, when you're going through a transition, please go out and seek help and talk it out. Because if you stuff down those emotions, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. Mm -hmm. It might not be today. It might not be a month from now or six months from now, but it will come back and you're going to be triggered by something. And then you're going to be like, what the heck happened? It's an autopilot response that your body has because you still haven't dealt with your emotions. Mm. Amazing. So valuable. Well, thank you again. I'm so happy that the Her Sports Story audience and community got to meet you and will, of course, connect with you. So uh, thank you again. I cannot wait like, to watch everything that happens like for you for this like, coming year and through your program. And I am so, 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 so incredibly grateful that you are part of this community as well. Oh my gosh, Bethany. No, thank you. Thank you for starting this because you even, even having that platform, like even before I even started mine, it's opening the door because it takes a village. And one thing is that I'm a very strong feminist, ladies, like listen up, <laughs> listen up. Okay. It's 2019 and we need to be fighting for our equality. And it starts by people sharing their story. You know, there was the Me Too movement. I'm not asking you to share that type of story. I'm asking you to share your sports story because there's a lot of rights that as athletes, we need to start fighting for. We need to start fighting for everybody to be served food when you're a college athlete. That's ridiculous, you guys. We need fuel to be able to go and perform at such a high level. We need to start fighting to get good transportation to and from games. I don't know about you, Bethany, but we had to bus three hours each way to the Chicago airport to make sure that we could get to our field. So that meant that when we were coming back from tournaments, it was we were getting home at like three in the morning yeah. and then have eight o'clock classes the next day. Right. And we wanted to show up and be able to perform and take tests and everything like that. Talk about our uniforms. Talk about what stadiums we have. Does everybody have stadiums? Does everybody have a bullpen? Um, a, a locker room? Does everybody, like, all these things. Even a sports bra, ladies. A <laughs> sports bra. I was not given a sports bra in the first two years of being a college athlete. Like, who is making that decision? Who is, like, what? You need a sports bra to compete. Like, it's basic necessities, ladies. Yes. So you got to share your story. Because once we start sharing, then we create a movement. And it's going to take all of us. And it starts with one sport. If you want to model someone, look at the U.S. women's national team. They're mm -hmm. playing right now. If you have free time, turn on your TV. Help them get better viewings. Mm -hmm. They are fighting for equal pay in every sport. 
You think it's just soccer specific? No, it's every sport. Mm-hmm. And you got to be out there and supporting that. So seriously, you guys, please, whatever you do, make sure that you're representing yourself, your brand, and just all female athletes. It's going to make a huge difference and we're going to create a huge movement. Oh, yes, we are. And we are here for it. Thank <laughs> you.